I was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met. Diamond Dallas Page started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP yoga. It's not your mama's yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter! Took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits, it was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around, it's, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP. Radio. Well, 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 <laughs> hello, my friends, and welcome to a brand new episode of GDP Radio live right here at GDPRadio.com. It is going to be an amazing show tonight, but as usual, I got to start the show by my big entrance, drive into the VIP spot at the DDP Radio Megaplex, open the front door, and doves and flowers get thrown at me as I go to the top of the elevator, all the way to the top floor. I climb the tallest tower on top of the tallest building in all of Raleigh, North Carolina, and I look to the great white north. And on a snow-capped mountaintop, on the top of the mountain, on top of the mountain, on top of Mount Ontario, there's a burning fire shouting up to the sky, and that fire is crystallized connect. We look into the eyes of each other from across the world, and boom, the spark is ignited that shoots GDP radio all across the atmosphere into outer space and beyond. Another episode of DDP radio is in session. Hello, Crystal. How are you, my friend? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good, good. And you keep saying these intros can't get any more ridiculous. And every time I just prove you wrong. Right? Good <laughs> Lord. <laughs> well, now now that I had my little screw around time, it's time to get down to business right? because every single week you're bringing your A game. You've got us booked with like top notch guests all the way into like I, I'm I'm not confident I'm gonna live as long as you've got us booked. And I'm talking old age. Like you've got things so uh, you're on top of the ball and we love you for it. And every single time, I don't know how you do it. You bring amazing guests, amazing stories. What we do here at GDP radio is we tell stories and inspire people through the art of just telling people who they are. You know, there's so many different shows that are quote unquote motivational that tell you how to do it. We don't tell you how to do it. We tell you the stories of people who are doing it and are putting the work in, and uh, that's what we love here, and that's what we do. And I know that you've been working very hard and got us a really great guest tonight again. Um, so, Crystal, I'm going to have you go deep yes. in the heart of Texas and tell us who you found sure. to tell their story as the Warrior of the Week on DDP Radio tonight. So, tonight's show, um, the Warrior is Michelle Perez Montez. I believe. Yes, you have. <laughs> I hope I didn't mess that up. 
Um, because she's an amazing person. And I mean, she is every definition of a warrior that you could come up with. And I'm so grateful that, you know, she was able to squeeze us into her schedule. Life has a funny way of working out sometimes. One second you're driving down a sunset reflected road and then wham, the universe throws a series of potholes in your path. Life becomes challenging and that doesn't mean it's impossible to maneuver, but this is where your tribe comes in. I've read Michelle's story over more than a few times and I've recognized a whole lot of fight in her and her journey, which lends to hope on my end and with my personal story and my journey, and I'm sure it will with everyone else too. She is a retired U.S. Coast Guard and one hell of a warrior, and I am so honored to call her friend and for you to get to know her as well. So please welcome to the show, my friend Michelle. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> well, you got the crystal seal of approval, so that means that's a that's a good sign, but I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, you know, we got a lot to talk about, but the first thing, we don't have any scheduled questions. We figure it out as we go along the air. But one thing we always start the war, uh, to kick off the conversation, every warrior, every superhero needs an origin story. What got you to the point where you started DDPY and uh, started having success? What was the circumstances that led you to first try out DDPY? Um, well, that's kind of, oof, I had, I had, yeah, it's pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) I had already, um, been medically retired from the Coast Guard. My kidneys had failed and, um, I had already by this time, um, been on dialysis for, oh, almost six years and, I developed a secondary condition called calciphylaxis. I had, I, I mean, looking at me, you really would not have been able to tell that I was a dialysis patient. I ate what I was supposed to eat. I did what I was supposed to do, but I really hated going to treatment. And that makes complications. Treatment is not fun. And six years is a long time. And so once, once something starts to shut down, the rest of your body shuts down, calciphylaxis is basically where your muscles, your muscle tissue uh, necrosis from the inside out. And I lost my mobility. I was basically had holes in my legs and I couldn't walk. I was at the VA for about six months and they had never seen it before. I was bedridden. Um, I was in the most excruciating pain you could imagine. I was going through experimental treatment and one day a doctor came in and told me, well, this is calciphylaxis. Um, you're probably going to get your limbs amputated and you're going to die. And I had, oh I had some words. Yeah. <laughs> I had some words for her because, number one, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> but number two, you know, how dare you? You don't know me and, and you don't know the level of fight that is in me. So, you know, calciphylaxis. Uh, if you have a weak stomach, don't Google it, but it is an 80% mortality rate. Oof. So I'm not, I'm not supposed to be here. 
And those that wow. do survive usually only survive about six months because it just wrecks your body. And once once you bump into something, that's really the tissue to start dying. And it just can spread throughout your body. Well, miracles happen. I fought and fought and fought. I was transferred to a level one trauma center. I had uh, probably in total about 17 surgeries. That was a surgery every other day for two weeks. I had wound baths. I had skin I had intense physical therapy, and miraculously, after one month, uh, just before Thanksgiving, which is ironic that I'm on this show, um, I was wheeled out of that hospital, but told, you will not walk unassisted. You will not be able to go up and down stairs. Your life is the way it is now. They... um, Issued me one of those power scooters. I had a wheelchair. I had two walkers. And um, I was back on dialysis. Unfortunately, with with that calcifolastis diagnosis and the time that I spent in the hospital, of course, my muscles atrophied. I was, I couldn't really eat food, let alone hold down food. I was probably about 114 pounds. And I was deemed too frail for a kidney transplant and removed from the list. That was an actual death sentence. And that was the point where I pretty much fell into a deep depression. Um, I (laughs) I would crawl up the stairs or scoot down the stairs on my rear end. Now, I had a walker at the top of the stairs and a walker at the bottom of the stairs so that I could move about, but I certainly couldn't walk without my walker. And I came downstairs and I sat on the couch because I couldn't sleep. I had a lot of fluid in my lungs. Dialysis was no longer working by that time. Uh, It was coming on eight years of dialysis and um, I couldn't, I couldn't rest. I was in a lot of pain. I couldn't really breathe. I was watching cat videos as you do (laughs) <laughs> when you're trying to yourself up. And I saw the commercial for DDPY with Arthur Borman. And I was like, oh, my God, that's me. My, I would sit at home. I mean, I have three kids. Um, I would look across my house to my kitchen, and I would tell people, like, I feel like I could get up and run, but my body won't let me. I would have dreams that I was running, and I would wake up and be so disappointed that I was in this body. And I was like, man, that guy, that's me. I can do that. And I kind of, I joined the Facebook group, and I kind of lurked for a little while, and then they had that um, Veterans Day discount, and I just went and did it. I bought the Rebuild DVDs, and I started out in the bed, in between treatments, I was doing my DDP yoga. And when I say that, I mean, six months on bed rest, I I couldn't bend my knees more than I would, certainly not 45 degrees. I couldn't point my toes. When I'm talking about tin man stiff, this was me. Wow. So the... 
the flexibility part of it, I mean, I could feel the difference. I mean, little by little, but I could feel it. And just being proud of myself for being able to do something, and and I knew I was going to start getting back to where I needed to be. And what I needed to do at the time was gain that muscle, gain that strength. Um, Because when you're being evaluated for transplant, it's not just, you know, your weight, but it's your strength, it's your stamina, it's your endurance. That is a four-hour surgery, and your body needs to be able to live through it and, and survive after. It's trauma. So that's what I needed to do, and I wasn't going to be able to do that just sitting around feeling sorry for myself. So those rebuilt DVDs, little by little, I went from the bed I went to the chair, and I went to standing, stand strong uh, next to the chair. And by that time, um, this was January of 2019, boy, I had put on almost 70 pounds. They had me on high steroids. They had me on – it was, it was a, still a renal diet, which is low potassium, low phosphorus, but they were encouraging me – to eat everything because I needed to gain that weight. And I was holding on to fluid. So I was about 217 pounds. So I was like, okay, Lord, it's time. <laughs> I can't look like this. <laughs> I started, started using the app and I started actually taking the photos. I don't have a lot of photos of myself during that time because I hated looking at myself. When I looked in myself, I didn't recognize myself. This was not me. My hair had fallen out. I just, it wasn't me. And so I went ahead, took the pictures, started using the app, and losing weight on dialysis is next to impossible, but that strength, that balance, just with the chair, man, starting on the beginner program of the app with the chair, by my next evaluation, my doctors didn't even recognize me. Wow. They didn't. They thought I was, a, I was walking with a cane. I no longer needed a walker. Um, doing all of the tests. They make you walk a certain distance in a certain amount of time. Um, they test your uh, your grip strength for whatever reason. I don't know. Um, I was approved for transplant. And n- November 30th, right? Well, the day before de- December 1st. I'm sorry. I don't know how many days are in November. <laughs> Special. Um, <laughs> I was I was finishing up a trans uh, um I was finishing up a treatment and I got a phone call that my kidney was I needed to show up to the hospital they had a kidney for me. Wow. That would, that would not have happened without DDPY now. After that transplant as soon as I could I got back on and and I mean if anybody goes to my Facebook or the um DDP Yoga Facebook page they're going to see my pictures on there all the time. I'm always on there. And anybody can say, oh, it's because she got the transplant. That transplant would not have happened without DDPY because, like I said, after calcifylaxis, after you live through that, you know, and the toll that it takes on your body, but not only that, just being on dialysis. I was on dialysis for almost 10 years. Dialysis takes a toll on you. And that would not have happened without DDPY. Just not just the strength, but also the mental 
the mental healing that it brought and being proud of myself again. Anybody who's a veteran knows, you know, we are active. We're proud of our jobs, but we're proud of our physicality and and what we can do. The job that I did in the Coast Guard was not physical at all, but you still have standards. I've always been athletic. I've always done all these things. I've had, you know, I had three kids. I was in judo. I was a ballroom dance instructor. I've done it. And going from that to wasting away, it takes a toll on you. You feel like a failure. You feel like you can't do anything. And DDPY kind of gave me that back, like, oh, I I can do this, or I can do this again. I thought I would never be able to do this. I thought I would never be able to go into roundhouse or balance on one leg with one leg in the air, not holding on to something, that here I am. And there are people my age who have never been through what I've been through that can't do that. And that's because of DDPY. I'm, I'm so proud of you. Thank that's, you. I'm proud of you. Very, very rarely on my speech list. That's, uh, when you started telling me the story, um, mm-hmm. as you were going on, I'm thinking, are we de- dealing with a person at the end of their life? The way you were describing it, it sounded like, like tomorrow might be your last day. And to hear like how far you've come as a story, I mean, I got chills uh, hearing your story because that's a, that's a situation that 99% of people don't fight back from, don't come back from. I'm guessing I'm not a statistician, but that's, that's, I mean, I'm speechless. Congratulations. It's probably about three other times in this podcast that I'm speechless. (laughs) (laughs) Was I, I had actually coded twice where they could not get, you know, a temperature on me. It, it, it was. I was fighting for my life. You're absolutely right. I was at the end. Wow. So. I, I just, I complained to my wife about, like, 20 minutes before we went on the air for about 25 minutes about my cracked toenail that I stubbed on the ottoman. And I'm feeling pretty crappy about that right now. <laughs> hey, I don't know, Paul. That's a sensitive part of the body. It's okay. Uh, I, I tell my wife all the time, I said, I'm because I'm pretty much the most even. I, I don't get mad. I'm just pretty chill. Like, that's one thing. I just don't have a temper. But I tell her, I said, but if I bite my tongue or stub my toe in the tw- in the 25 seconds after that, I'm probably capable of murder after the, after stubbing my toe. Or by- I can definitely uh, relate. I can definitely relate to that. You're like, why did you even make pinky toes, Lord, if you're just going to rip them off with the coffee table? <laughs> oh, well, well I, I'm, first of all, let me just say I'm, I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so glad in the circumstances that you're, you're fighting. I mean, that's, that's a fighter. That's, that's in, incredible. Um, you know, you seem to have, when you first found DPY and you're doing those initial workouts in bed, and you realize there's little things that I can do because sometimes, especially you know, you're being in the military. The military, you know, you guys probably had a, a pretty high level of uh, you know workouts you had to do. And when you can't perform it where you're used to, sometimes you feel like this is nothing. But you start off very small with those bed flex workouts, and you start building. When did you start getting a little bit hopeful that this is starting to kind of work for me? And how far did you think you could take it once you started getting that? little shred of hope um 
when I first realized, like, this is working uh, was when I got out of bed to grab my walker, and I wasn't in the most excruciating pain um, just from my joints and, and almost like a neuropathy in your feet and things. It was just, I didn't really think about it instantly, but I noticed, you know, walking towards my stairs, I was like, man, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not in the worst pain of my life right now. There's, this is something. And then um, feeling comfortable enough to where, all right, um, you know, the bed flex isn't doing it for me anymore. I got to sit in the chair. I would see, you know, you have uh, the heart rate monitor. Let me tell you, in that bed, my heart rate was going into the green, that fat burning zone. And when it stopped, and I was like, okay, I'm not breathless. I'm not, I'm going to take it to the chair. I'm going to take it to the next level. That's kind of, I mean, it was just little bitty things. I mean, every couple months, just a new milestone. Or I would set a goal for myself. I would, you know, on the DVDs or on the workouts, you know, Dallas gives you these modifications you can do all the time. It's a modification for this move, the modification for this move. But he'll always challenge you to test yourself, try it. So I would try it. And I would set a goal for myself about, you know, by the third time I do this workout, I want to do this, or I don't want to hold on to the chair for this, or I, I, I want to go down into catcher squat and hold it, you know, something. So it, it was just that those little things. Sometimes I would just have to to motivate myself, but you're gonna see it the more you stick to it. And then there were sometimes that I would do awesome on one workout and obviously after dialysis and the the following day I'd be sucking mud I would feel so defeated because this workout I didn't have the stamina or the strength to do what I had done before but again in in those workouts you know he'll tell you hey next time or if you need to modify this time or he'll he'll even give an example like I hurt my shoulder so I'm going to modify I mean it, it always says it meets you where you're at. And that's why it, it was so easy for me to just keep going and move on to the next and move on to the next. Um, Michelle, I have a question for you. I, I was mm-hmm. just wondering, what would your advice be to, for someone who is, I don't know, stuck in bed or, or ready to quit or just ready to give up? Mm, don't because I mean I mean that's so easy to say anybody who has a, a traumatic injury or a chronic illness or something that lays them out something where they're not given any hope um I don't want to be negative but it's a reality a lot of times you pray for the end like I'm tired of being tired tired of being sick. I am a burden on people. I'm this, I'm that. And here's the thing is that that's very, very temporary because you don't know what your, I mean, you might not think that you're that strong, but you don't know who's watching you. My kids were watching me. 
my neighbors were watching me. And I don't go back and watch these videos very often. I would post videos of myself in the hospital or in my home or doing something to kind of document where I was and let my friends and family know, okay, well, I got this news from the doctor today or I got this news. People are watching you, and you might not know it. And you might not know um, how what you're struggling with and what you're fighting through is inspiring other people. Like, like you said, Mike, well, I don't feel like crying about my toe. It's not that your battle isn't as important. It's just not the same. And if I can get through this, you can get through that. So don't give up because you're going to look back on this time and realize everything that you went through. And you're also going to realize, oh, I can do anything. If I, if I went through that, I, what's coming or what I'm worried is coming and that will probably never come about is nothing. I could do anything. You know, I'm not scared of anything. I've been through it. So don't give up. It, have your negative moment. Have your pity party. Get mad. And then get up. That's what you have to do. Wow. Wow. That's, I mean, that's, that's profound. And, and so my, my dad had a liver uh, transplant years ago. He had an autoimmune disorder and um, he since mm-hmm. passed, not from the liver stuff, but I remember that uh, my uncle donated a portion of his liver to my dad mm-hmm. and, you know, the, it, it can regrow. It has the ability to self, um, self heal. Uh, mm-hmm. My dad afterwards always talked about how he had a, such a greater uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, just des- not desire, but uh, responsibility to live healthier and better. And mm-hmm. he's like, somebody gave me a part of them. You know, some he lost something so I could live. And, and usually when there's a transplant, you know, oftentimes somebody loses their life. Does that motivate you to keep going and try to live as best as you can, knowing how crucial and important of a gift that was that you got that kidney transplant and one going forward. uh, Yeah. Sorry about that. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you're absolutely right. It's 100%. I received um, a deceased donor kidney. No one in my family is a match. I'm O negative. And apparently the only one in my family, I have some questions. I'm just kidding. But, um, throughout my, Friends and family also have, being that RH negative, I had a high level of antibodies given I've had three three kids. Um, so no one was really a match. And I kept saying, my kidney's out there. It's out there. It's out there. It's out there. The only information they were giving me about this donor was she was a 41-year-old woman. At the time, I was 39. Wow. And, I mean, the year before, we didn't know I was going to make it to 40. So this was profound. And that is a sacrifice. When you sign that little donor card, none of us imagine that that's going to, no, I have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to her. And I have a responsibility to never, ever, ever take this second chance. For granted, there are so many people who, uh, despite their gift of life, squander it. 
And I'm not trying to hate on those people. I mean, we all have our demons and all the stuff that we go through. But you would be very shocked to hear about how many people go back to unhealthy habits that maybe brought them to dialysis or uh, liver failure or heart failure or whatever, and they go back to it. And they'll receive multiple donations, believe it or not, because once you are a transplant recipient, if something goes wrong with that organ, you are at the top of the list. So you you have a responsibility to not just yourself, but to those people who sacrificed. They did. They gave up their life and they gave a gift to you. So, yeah, the way I eat, and not only that, just moving my body, I will never, ever, ever take that for granted again. Never. Being pain-free, I'll never take that for granted again. That's so profound. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that, that, I mean, it really is. And, and you're such, you're the prime candidate for something like that because you can hear the appreciation in your voice. You know, going through it with my dad, I, I had a whole different perception of, of transplants and uh, donors. And, you know, I've filled out my card for years, but I never really understood what any of that meant or what, the, how, mm-hmm. you know, you don't see it unless you're part of a family who's received it and how profound that gift is because, most of us assume that we'll never even need to use it, and if I do need to use my card, I won't be here to see it. But, um, right. you know, it's powerful the way you said it. And, and you said you have uh, kids and a husband, is that correct? I have three kids. I'm, I'm, I'm divorced. I'm engaged to be married again. Thank you. Okay. Somebody, somebody well, liked me. Congratulations. I have three congratulations. kids. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And um, like I said, I mean – I was prepared to, I had, I have everything prepared for not being here anymore. And, you know, what happens to my belongings, what happens to them? And my kids were young. My oldest is now 20. He just turned 20 yesterday. But at the time, they were young, you know. Um, My youngest is 11 now. So at the time... Um, being 14 and I think, what, 14 and 12 and 6, they knew what was happening. They knew mom is very sick, but I'm not sure that they knew the severity of it. Um, They were kind of uh, sent to grandparents and things while I was going through the worst part of it, being in the hospital with the literal holes in my legs and all the experimental therapies and things. They didn't see that. And I'm glad um, because I'm not sure they could have processed that. But they definitely can appreciate mom now. I mean, being a little kid, mom, I want to play. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to make cookies. I want, I can't do that right now. I can go outside and I can sit with you, but I I can't throw the ball. I, can't, I certainly can't kick the ball. Or mommy's really tired. That's so sad. And I, at the time, I was 35, 36 years old, and I'm looking at these other moms, my friends, and I'm like, God, I'm a, am I a failure? I'm not going to PTA. My kids aren't in Pop Warner because I don't have the strength. I got my license taken away, as a matter of fact, because I've I, didn't have the mobility to drive. Do you know that they did that? 
they'll take your license away from you. Um, yeah. It just, uh, I couldn't be a mom or a wife. I couldn't cook. Uh, my husband at the time, man, he really had to pick up the slack. And that's that's hard for some people. I'm not going to say some men because there's plenty of women that, that find it hard too. It's hard for anybody to pull double duty. Ask any single parent. And that's basically what he was at the time. Um, how he handled that is how he handled that. But part of my desire to regain my strength and regain my mobility was for my kids, was for my then husband. Like, I have to be the mother they deserve. I have to be the wife that he deserves. I have to. This is not what they signed up for. And that was part of the motivation, you know. Um, And it it worked. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, they may not be able to understand in the moment the severity and and how, you know, serious of a time it was. But as they grow Mm -hmm. older and see where you came from to where you are and where you're going to be, you just you just gave those kids a great lesson on in perseverance and just you know fighting to survive like scrapping for everything like listening to your story you're not somebody who sat there and doctors waited on you hand and foot you put you back together you had to climb and fight and crawl to every every plateau that got you to be able to have the next treatment you're describing getting out of bed and eventually getting to the point where you're okay enough to have a transplant People think of transplants and, and you're sick. They don't think of having to work to have a, an attempt to get better. And you're, you're a great role model for those kids. And they're, they're, if they're not realizing it at the time, that they will. And they're going to be proud and lucky to have a mom who was a fighter like that for them. Thank you. I hope so. I hope one day because right now I'm not the cool mom. <laughs> Guess what? None of them are. My mom mom was a cool mom And she was never a cool mom Right (laughs) No well I mean mean, The the fact you fought so hard for them I mean that's incredible And and congratulations on the engagement And you've got to be feeling You know if not 100% I don't know if you'll ever feel 100% Of where you're at with that stuff But you know, having the hope goes a long way, you know, starting looking towards the future. You know, you described looking towards not having a future, you know, wrapping up things so that the kids would be able to move on. You go from that to being able to kind of ponder your future. That's going to be a pretty inspiring place to be. It's a joyous place to be because, I mean, like I said, we didn't know if I would see 40. 40 is coming on. I'm 41. Um we didn't, I mean, my prayer every day was, you know, I just want to wake up in the morning or I would really love to see my grandkids. I plan and I tell people this all the time. The majority of people in my family, my grandmother's 91 right now. She still drives. Oh, bless her heart. <laughs> um, people live into their 90s in my family, and I plan on living past 100. I'm, I'm setting a goal, you know, just like I did in that bed, just like I did in that chair. I'm setting a goal. And I told my fiancé, I said, I'm going to drag you around. I don't care. 
We're going places. We're not sitting around. You got to be ultra inspired now that you can do things to get out and do things. Like you said, dragging them around. Like what's some stuff that you're looking forward to? What's some goals that you want to achieve or places you want to go now that you have the ability to dream like that again? Well, I mean, I would, I would love to travel. Obviously being on dialysis, that was a restriction I could never do. We're planning on taking a cruise in March. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I'd love to go to Hawaii. Um, that's a dream. I'd love to go to Europe. My son for his graduation wants to go to Italy and I just want to eat. <laughs> I would love that. There's actually, it's, it's almost like a, uh, I'm not going to say Olympics, but it kind of is for transplant recipients. And I would love to participate in that. Um, I was in judo for a few years, and I'd love to get back into it. And I would love to participate in those games because I, I love martial arts. It was incredible. I think that's why I do really well with this yoga. It has that kind of martial arts aspect to it. Um, and I would love to, that's a goal goal. Like that's something that I've written down, um, that I would love to do, but yeah, busy mom. I don't really have the, the opportunity to go three days a week to judo class or the money. (laughs) Transplant fight club. Yes. Transplant fight club would be amazing. (laughs) Can I start it? Let's start it. Go for it. (laughs) Oh <laughs> uh, no! That, I mean, that's—I mean, that's—that's that's so awesome. You know, I—I I had traumatic memories as a kid. My grandfather went to dialysis, and and it's always been a fear of mine. I know that's—it's a pretty like, pretty hardcore thing you have to do every week, multiple times a week. Um, now, are you officially off of the track the dialysis now, or you still have to do that for a while? officially off and let me tell you the morning after my transplant because you're when you're on dialysis uh this is probably a little graphic and i'm sorry when you're on dialysis your kidneys aren't having to be used uh the kidneys filter out your uh toxins through urine and basically it's done for it through dialysis and your kidneys just kind of they're like well i don't have to do it anymore so i'll stop the morning of my transplant and, like, not having to, like, being able to use the restroom, I've never been so happy in my life to, like, <laughs> use. I was like, oh, my God. Just That's wow. amazing. Completely off of dialysis. Now, I do take a lot of anti-rejection medicine. I do have labs. You know, being, being with those three-inch needles in your arm for... Uh, four hours plus three days a week, that gives you a little yeah. bit of a focus. But let me tell you, taking some pills and getting some labs is nothing. I'll do it all day. Every, I, and I used to tell people when I was on dialysis, I said I would lick toilets. I would gladly lick toilets if I didn't have to do this anymore. If somebody said, Michelle, if you lick that toilet right now, you'll never have to take another dialysis treatment again. I'd be like, 
Let's do it. Let's get give me a spoon. <laughs> Well, right. hopefully that didn't uh, that wasn't included in the doctor contract. No, surgery, no, so. no, thank goodness. Um, but I actually this past uh, this past July had my dialysis access and my arm removed completely because my kidney function is at sixty two percent and rising, and wow. my doctors. Yeah, they're so excited every time I come in. And, of course, I tell them about DDP yoga. And I'm like, did you try it yet? I show them the app. And, of course, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm walking, talking proof that it works. You see me. Oh. <laughs> that, <laughs> you know? it's, it's almost going to be like being, getting set out of prison. Like, you know what I mean? You're tethered to that chair several times a week. Oh. There, you, Almost like a freedom that you don't like. You're like, it kind of takes a while to sink in that, oh, I can go do whatever right now. Yes, yes, it's it is. You're exactly right because that that chair and those needles and that time. I mean, you you tell someone, oh, it's four hours. You don't realize as a person, as a human being, the only thing that you're thinking about in that chair is what else could I be doing right now? Could I be doing laundry? Yeah. Could I be doing? Could I be watching a movie? Could I be doing anything else? But on top of that, it makes you feel. Like, or, I mean, it just takes everything out of you. The, a lot of people equate uh, a dialysis treatment literally to running a marathon. That's what it, it depletes your body of everything. And you are, all I would do is come home and sleep. I could not do wow. anything else. And by the time, um, like the following day, I'd be okay. And that would be my day off of treatment. But then the following morning, I would feel great. But I'd have to go back to treatment. And it was just that endless cycle. So, again, like like you said, it's for a while I didn't even drive past my dialysis clinic because I just, like you said, it was trauma. It was almost, almost and now I do, I do have uh, PTSD from some things in the military, but it was like a PTSD. And, and people have PTSD from medical trauma all the time. I certainly yep. do. But... um. I wouldn't even drive past the clinic. I would take like another route because I didn't want to never, never again. And it took me about a year before I went in there and said hello. And they were shocked too. They were like, who are you? I was like, oh, you don't remember me, but I'm Michelle. And oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Your hair. Yeah. It grew back. (laughs) A lot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had I had a lot of a family that worked in the medical uh, industry, and a lot of people who you know work in those dialysis clinics. The people that are there don't get better; they don't leave. They they die there. I mean, they basically just wither and die. And it's got to be pretty inspiring for them to see someone like you too, who goes in there, you know, comes back a different person. It's it's. I know a lot of people who do medical in the medical industry and and I dealt with all the transplant people from my father and they were so excited when they'd see somebody come back who's just living again, brought back to life. It's, it's going to be pretty, pretty incredible. Absolutely. You know, they're being there at that clinic for almost 10 years. Um, and with my nephrologist for that amount of time, um, it was. I made friends that obviously were much older than me, but they passed. Suddenly, they'd no longer be there, and you'd ask, I'm sorry, they, 
you know, they passed. And it was heartbreaking. And then, um, yeah, me being so young in there, you know, these old people (laughs) were kind of like, well, what happened? And you would just strike up that conversation and you'd make little friendships. But, yes, it it is. And every once in a while, you know, for my – for my labs and for my checkups and everything, my nephrologists go nuts. And even the people at the transplant hospital, even my surgeon that did the transplant is excited and he'll pop in. I'll be on uh, telemedicine with my nurse practitioner who does goes over my labs and everything. And he'll pop in. I saw you on the schedule and I just want to say hi. Because it's, it's fulfilling for, I mean, they were part of that. They were part of that. And they, like you were saying with that dialysis staff, they saw me at my worst. I even, I am friends with some of the nurses uh, from the VA hospital where I was at for six months. You you are friends. You're almost like family because they, they've seen you at your worst. And those nurses are some special people. A lot of people hate on the VA. You can You can hate on the VA. I do too. You know, there was some, I could tell you some stories. Staff there, the nurses, the CNAs, even, let me tell you, even the janitorial staff, they would come in my room and we'd talk and we'd laugh. I'd, I'd, I'd tell my mom or my then husband at the time, bring them some food, you know, and to see somebody survive. I can tell you that, I mean, you can tell they're happy they reach out to you and, and you could see it on their face. You could see it in their voice. When you see them face to face, when you go there for your appointments, they hug you like you're the prodigal son or something. It's, it touches them because it takes a special person to work in that field when you know that the odds are stacked against this person, you know? So I mean, it just goes to prove how fragile life actually mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they see it all the time. They see it, that fragility, every single day. Yeah. Just move on to the next. Well, it's hard for them, too. Your your story is, is amazing. And I have a feeling that, you know, telling the story and telling people about it is going to inspire a lot of hope. And I think that you're going to do great things with this story someday. It, it, going forward, like, you know... Uh, what is, you know, do you have any goals to kind of do something within DDPY or, or with this, you know, anything? I mean, you could go out there. You have a great, uh, you know, demeanor. You, you're well-spoken. You're, you could go out there and tell the story and inspire people. Is there anything going forward you'd love to do with Absolutely. the gift of, of survival that you've been given? Absolutely. Um, you know, when DDPY was coming out with the Warrior's Purpose, Workouts, I immediately was excited because from the jump, I was telling friends of mine, like, look, this helps so much. A couple of veterans, a couple, couple Coast Guard veterans that I was stationed with who also happened to need kidney transplants, but that's another story. Um, I said, look, this is life-changing. So I want to... Certify level one instructor. I'm hoping to to get started on that when it opens up. I believe it opens up in January. I want to 
get that going and then if they'll have me, like I've, I've talked with a lot of people know Scott French and how he's done with the Warriors Purpose and the Tiger Battalion. Yep. I'm in the Tiger Battalion. I don't post in there near enough, but I lurk on it all the time. I want to help other veterans and people in general who are struggling with that limited mobility, but specifically my brothers and sisters, you know. Um, but it, it also helps so much, and I don't even think people realize, but with the PTSD that you get in all branches of the military, I'm, I'm sure people are asking themselves, what could you have dealt with in the Coast Guard? Believe me, there are plenty of things to see and plenty of things to go through in the Coast Guard that <laughs> will give you nightmares. Um, but the the way that this program helps veterans specifically who may not even realize that they could benefit from it uh, is incredible, and being in San, near San Antonio is military city, and where lots of military retire, I could definitely help out. So I've I've looked at the American Legion and doing some classes there, but the local YMCA, and and just trying to talk to people. I go to all the Veterans Day ceremonies and try to connect with people. I um, help admin um, another military page, and I'm always telling people my story and hey, pointing them to DDPY and that's basically what I would love to do going forward. I can't think of a better um, person to be doing that. I, I, I honestly, I couldn't think of a better person, more um, well-versed to do such amazing things. Well, thank you. That means so much. <laughs> thank you. Well, you know, it, it, was, it was delightful to talk to you. Uh, you're, I mean, I think your story, like I said, is going to help a lot of people. Before we head out, is there anyone you wanted to, um, to you know, shout out, anybody who's helped you, whether it be medical or in the DDPY community or anything you want to plug, anything you're doing uh, before we start wrapping up? I mean, I'm going to shout out to my fellow, I'm Cuban, my fellow Cuban hermano, Jake Order, who nominated me for this. That's my bud right there. But, like, I mean, just the whole community, like I said, Scott Friend, PY Tiger Battalion, um, uh, Travis Mahaspi and um, Jason Sparks Sr. and Caitlin Kay and all of my friends at Sham Fam, Shamrock Fitness. Um, (laughs) I just made so many friends. Gosh, there's so many to list, but anybody, let me just shout out to anybody who's listening to this and thinking that they can't do it or they're stopping and starting and stopping and starting and stopping and starting with their DDPY. Take a break. That's a week. Take two weeks. Take months. But when it pops back in your head, roll out the mat and do it little by little, even if it's just getting dressed. All right, fine. I did that. Okay, roll out your mat. Fine, I did that. Put your heart rate monitor on. Fine, I did that. Pick your workout. Did that. Start. If it takes you four hours to do it, I've never finished a workout ever and been disappointed in myself or hurting or wishing I hadn't hit start. I always feel good. I always feel better. I always feel accomplished. Just do it. Uh, I love that. 
and I think that I don't think there's anyone who's as close to square one as you were lying in that bed who's fought that hard and fought back. Um, you know, a lot of us complain that things are hard and, you know, sometimes it sucks getting off the couch to do stuff. But, you know, listening to you, basically having to start at the at the bottom rung and to see where you are now, pulling your way up, like, that's that's a, that's that's proof that anybody can do something in this. Mm-hmm. And I think that you'll mm-hmm. agree that uh, you started a, a, on the bed and, and now here you are able to finally begin the transplant recovery and, and get here. And now you're talking about certifications and working with, you know, other veterans doing this. That's, that's a Rocky Balboa story right there. That's, that's <laughs> knocking out the Russian. So I, I appreciate you uh, coming on and telling it. And I also appreciate, uh, I just want to say I am a member of the Jake world order. So Jake, what's Ooh, up, man? Thanks for, for the recommendation. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I love it. Incredible. Crystal, do you have anything? I'm lost for words, and that never happens. I I just had one question, Michelle, that I would really like to ask you. What would new Michelle tell old Michelle? What would I – I'm sorry. What would I what now? What would the new you, as you sit right now – what mm-hmm. would you tell the old you? Oh, what would I tell the old me? Um, keep pushing, baby. You don't even know. Like, you you don't even know. Just keep going. I mean, I always tell people, ask about me. <laughs> tell people, <laughs> Get a little cocky sometimes. You ask about me. That's what I tell the old me. Like, why are you sitting there doubting yourself? Look at me. <laughs> Look at this. This is you. But ask about me. <laughs> I think you're so awesome. I think I, I feel like I should be like starting the Rocky theme song, but I think we get sued. Uh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> But everyone in your mind just picture the Rocky theme as that's as she's saying, Ask about me, I've done done you know, that's that's a movie moment and I love it. That's a goal. I'm well, gonna run up those steps. That's a goal. <laughs> oh yeah, the Philly steps. Hell, hell yeah, 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 yeah that'd be awesome. Steps, yeah. Make sure you get it on film and so we can put that I music will. over illegally. <laughs> oh I will. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I'm excited to see that video and I'm excited uh, that you came out and talked to us and you're welcome back anytime. I'd love to have you come back and give us an update. Let us know how you're doing. Uh, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. I'd love to be back anytime. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Oh, no problem. And and thank you to your, and congratulations on the engagement. I hope everything goes well with that. And, uh, it was a, it was an awesome chat. I appreciate it. And I think a lot of people are going to be inspired, uh, listening to this story. So uh, once again, thank you so much. And we always end the show with a with an inspirational quote. Uh, Crystal yep. Crystal has a staff yep. of twenty six writers on payroll down at her, <laughs> her dungeon of her of her Canadian mountaintop home, working on quotes every single week. So this is the payoff. Crystal, what you got for us this week? So this quote is from John Cena. Um, for change to be possible the motivation for change must come from within.
Mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't hear that. What's that? <laughs> For I'm just kidding. It was a play possible. on that. I can't see me. <laughs> Good <laughs> lord! I saw <laughs> right for that, didn't I? Uh, No, that was a good one. I love it. I'll give Cena that one. Uh, Great job. And uh, great job, Crystal. Awesome job with with the bookings. You guys are, you're bringing amazing stories to the show. And that's what I love about the show. It's people telling stories, inspiring people to tell their own stories. And uh, I know a lot of people are going to find inspiration for this. So thank you so much, Michelle. Uh, Crystal, we'll be back with a brand new episode of DDP Radio Live. This one was a fantastic show, and I appreciate you guys being here. Until next time, we'll see you. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Crystal. Checked it today, man. That was a great workout, man. The powerbomb set up by Paige. Oh, oh, Diamond Cutter. I don't believe it. Diamond Cutter out of the powerbomb. We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work, and most importantly, own your life. This has been a presentation of DDP. Yoga and Blog Talk Radio.